We've been uh, thinking about and working our way through the book of Romans. I'm going to speak right now. We have a baptism. And um, for those of you who are joining us brand new, um, uh, it's unusual. I'm using the foyer at the end, but I need to go up to Lake Country to lead a family meeting. Uh, we are in the process of searching for a new pastor there. And there is a couple who are ministering there this morning. And um, we, um, I need to uh, pop up there. So we changed a little bit around this morning. But we've been teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 8. You may not know this, but significantly, you can see chapter 8 as perhaps the most, um, one of the most influential chapters in the whole of the New Testament. But the verse I am going to unpack to you today, I would say, and many scholars would say, that it is probably the most critical verse in terms of Christian discipleship and Christian maturity within your life and within your walk with God. This verse offers us so much. And as I was thinking about this verse, I wanted to uh, read it in the King James Version because the King James has a word here that I absolutely love. And... And it's a word that you'll remember and a word we don't use very often when we think about it. But the old King James, and it sounds far more dramatic here. And it's better in an English accent as well. Uh, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. Let's just deal with that verse, verse 12, first of all. We've been talking a lot about the flesh. If you're new to our series and uh, starting to track with us and join us as a congregation, realize this, that when he talks about the flesh, he's not talking about your flesh as in the fleshly body. He's talking about the inner workings of your sinful nature within you, within what goes on, within your character, the wild horse of our emotions, our ego, our our hatred, our jealousy, our anger, our frustration, that, that battle that we all have, that if like a clear pond, if you get a stick and you start to stir it, all the mud comes to the surface and pollutes the water and how easy it is for us to feel the stirring that brings the rubbish and the garbage to the surface of our lives. You owe the flesh nothing. You see, the flesh is what gets you into trouble. The flesh is what gets us all into trouble. It is those resentments, those bitterness, that internal negative dialogue that gets us into bitterness, into resentment, into anger. That is a problem for us within our lives. See, the flesh causes marriages to break down. The flesh causes friendships to split. The flesh causes business partnerships to dissolve. The flesh causes us to never walk into a church, perhaps. The flesh causes us to live with these deep struggles of the fleshly emotions that create pain and suffering within one's life. It is the flesh. You do not owe the flesh anything because the flesh, those things of the flesh bring death into lives and families. But the spirit brings life. You're not a debtor to the flesh. 
And yet for many Christians, we live as if we are debtors to the flesh. We live as if we owe our inner negative emotions, our sinful attitudes, as if we owe something to those emotions within our lives. And you certainly do not owe the flesh anything because if Christ has set you free, he has set you free indeed. It is my mission in life that I may walk with the Lord so closely and so intimately that I would see that I put my flesh, my inner person to death so I do not die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body. This is the word I love. Mortify. Don't hear that word a lot these days, do you? Mortification. Mortification. That's a great theological word. And this verse 13 here is the, probably the most important verse for Christian discipleship, one could argue, in the New Testament for the way that a Christian is called to live and the way that a Christian is called to act in our walk with the Lord. Why? Well, very simply, mortification is the realization and the ancient battle that Christians have lived for 2,000 years. We battle against the world, we battle against the flesh, and we battle against the devil. That is what the Christian life is all about. You know the biggest battles come from outside. The lies, the deception, the politics of our evil uh, systems that exist at every level of society. And yet we belong not to this world, but we belong to a world that is coming where the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords will put all things right. And we talked about that last week in earlier verses about the resurrection. But this is our battle. But to, be, to mortify means to put to death. To mortify means to cut off. To mortify means to destroy. And we are in a journey of mortification. We're in a journey whereby there are areas of our life. Now, I, Mother's Day, it reminds me of my mother. I've told you many stories of mother. She passed away a couple of years ago. And, and, but the one phrase I always remember my mother saying, and if you are a mother and you say this phrase, nod or something. She always used to say, Philip. And when I was in trouble, it was Philip. It's about with one L. Philip with one L. Right now, I want you to do cut it out. Ah, some of you would say that, don't you? Cut it out. And I used to be moving or moaning, and she'd nudge me and say, cut it out. Stop it. Cut it out. I was climbing up something. Cut it out. I was talkative and interrupting. Cut it out. Well done. I don't know how you managed... Um, with the word mortify. I did send the notes earlier on Thursday. You see, mom told me what to do, but she often didn't give me the power to do it. But you see, what Jesus does in the gospel, he comes and he puts to death 
those parts of our character that do not bring life. And mortification is that spiritual process by which we look at our lives and we realize that there are areas in our lives that are holding us down, holding us back, and are actually going to kill many things in our lives. If you're not careful, there are things in your life that need to be put to death. Otherwise, gentlemen, it's going to kill your marriage. There are things in your life that are going to affect your workplace if you do not put these things to death. It was 1993 when a man by the name of Donald Wyman went into the Pennsylvania woods to do some work. A forester, a man who knew how to use a chainsaw, a man who had been in the woods many, many times. And, and he was out there clearing, working on contracts, you know, tough guy, parked his his truck, five miles away, walked into the bush in the middle of the wilderness and started his work and what he had to do. Sadly, nobody really knew where he was. An independent man, Donald Wyman was. And as he was out there, um, a tree happened to fall across him and fall on his legs. And he was pinned by this tree. And for hours went by. And as the hours went by, he realized he was actually going to die in that forest and he was not going to be rescued. And he did something that caught the national headlines and he took his little six-inch pen knife out. And then six inches below his knee, because he was pinned down by the log, he chose to do something to leave the forest without his one left leg. Wow. He guess he felt he wanted to live without one leg than to die with two legs. And then he crawled his way all the way back to his F-150. And I just hope it was an automatic. And then he drove away. Caught the headlines. He was pinned down. He had to... Do something unthinkable. Many of us know the story of the 48 hours of the rock climber that was climbing and bouldering and a boulder fell on his hand. He had to do exactly the same with his arm to escape and to live because as 48 hours went, there was nothing for him to do except to take out his penknife at that time. You see, there are things in life that have rolled onto us that pin us to the ground and we know the only answer, metaphorically, is to chop those attitudes off, to cut them down, to make the difference, to bring the reality of mortification, of putting to death those things which you know are not consistent in your Christian living. And this is why this verse is so critical and so important because if you are ever to grow in your Christian faith and go deeper it's about cutting off putting to death those areas of your life that are creating problems but it only comes through intimacy It only comes through your relationship and your love relationship with Jesus. It only comes through that closeness and that 
sense of who God is and how God comes close to us. And for you know I've preached there is no condemnation. You know that I've preached that we are a forgiven people, that our righteousness is, is given to us by the righteousness of Christ that is inferred on us. He no longer looks at me, as it were, but he sees Christ Jesus and all the laws of the Old Testament are fulfilled by his grace in me, a sinner saved by the love of God. So how willing are you to go on the process of to be mortification, the deeds of the body, to put to death, to cut off. It's like this. We had a young lady that lived in our house for many years back in England, and I had uh, renovated the cellar into a place where I tanked it, I put it together, where people could stay. Um, I'm still... uh, Amazed that they did stay in this little cellar, but, but kids would come and they would stay. It was lovely. We had one lady, girl living with us, and um, she was great fun, really good with our kids. And one night she went out to a restaurant bar, and she was sat there with her friends, and a waiter started to talk to her. And I could tell when she came back in, I could hear her t- talking to Michelle. Oh, he was so lovely. He was so nice. He's got such a lovely accent. He was from Ireland. And I could tell that his smooth Irish accent did a number on her. And she was, ah. Oh. Anyway, she started to go to that restaurant quite regularly. He wasn't a Christian. And I'd say to her, really, what are you doing? Are you, do you know, you want to really think carefully about this? I said, get him to church. Demand it of him. And so he started coming to church and every Sunday I was fly fishing that he'd get saved. <laughs> That's what I do. Some more than others. And then, one Sunday he gave his life to Jesus. She was very happy. He came and saw me. We sat and we talked. He's from a difficult, rough background. He had no education. He'd been in the Irish Navy in in every port, a different relationship. He had a two-year-old boy from a relationship that ended two years earlier. It was a mess. A mess of pain, a mess of confusion, a mess of religion. And yet the one thing he knew was that day when he found Christ, Christ was changing his life. And he had to make a decision. I said to him, what is your dream? He said, my dream is this, that one day I'll become a psychiatric nurse. He said, but I've got no education. They're not going to let me into university. I said, well, there is a program you could join. And so we looked at it and we worked at it and we were able to get him into university. But what I'm telling you this story is that he had to decide that the old man had to die. That he needed a new identity, he needed new values, he needed a new start, he needed to put the old misbehaving to death. He needed to put the old ways to 
death. He needed to understand his role. And I explained to him that now it is time for him to be a man of God. It is time for him to take his responsibility. It is time for him to be committed in relationship. It is time for him to walk godly before the Lord. It is time for him to be a father to his two-year-old son, even though there is no relationship. He has a manly responsibility, and his old life now must die, and he must live in the new identity that Christ has given him. He got it, and he went from a barman, ex-Navy man, to the university, and became a freshman. But the only way he could achieve anything was if he actually went through the process of mortification and died to his old ways and lived his new ways. See, that is a metaphor of all of your life and mine. It may not be so dramatic as a young man from Ireland, Dublin, but it is the same that we are changing from to something. That we're becoming, as Romans 8 teaches us, becoming the people that God wants us to be. Your potential is not in your sin and your flesh. Your potential is in Christ Jesus and the power of the Spirit moving through our lives. That's where the potential is. That's what it's about. But it only happens by cutting off, by putting to death, by mortification, by rejecting the world, the flesh, and the devil, and saying, as for me, I am going to take up my new identity in Christ. Today, you'll be not surprised. He married the girl. They've got three children. And he's a manager of a psychiatric ward in Worcestershire. So that's fantastic. But I tell you, every one of us has a God-given destiny, but we've got to die. Because you owe nothing to the flesh. Nothing to the flesh. You're not a debtor to the flesh. Because if you know every relationship that has gone wrong, it is because of the flesh that it's been broken in you. And so let me ask you a question. When was the last time you put something to death in your life? When was the last time, men, when you owned your own stuff, And you said, I am going to cut this off because this does not serve me way in life. When was the time you had the courage enough to go deeper in Christian discipleship and to go through the process of mortification, of death, to that attitude, to that characteristic, to that way? to get a new identity, a new value base, a new belief system. It takes action to make a difference. You see, we're not meant to tolerate sin in our lives. We're not meant to suppress sin in our lives. We are called as mature Christians to put to death sin in our lives and to experience. In other words, we stop the power of death, and start to live in the life of Christ. 
how are we going to do that? Well, of course, uh, Scripture talks, uh, His divine power has given us everything we need for godly living through our knowledge of Him who calls us by His own glory and goodness. Everything we need is in Christ. For if you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you'll live. It's about life. It's about realizing that there are some things that cause us to stumble and some things that need to be plucked out and some things that need to be dealt with because they're going to get us into trouble even unto hell itself. We have to be willing that if something causes us to sin in our character and causes us to create problems, we've got to be willing and bold enough to Cut those things off as Christ taught in our lives. Be on your guard. Stand firm. Be courageous. Be strong. Four things we need to help the process of the spiritual work of mortification, of putting to death. Number one, This is a lifetime commitment of relentlessly chasing after Christ in your life. I know as a man that I've committed my life to relentlessly seek Christ and to see those areas in my character that God needs to change. I am willing to see them die. But I know it's a relentless task that goes forever until I'm made perfect in him. Secondly, it's only achieved as we have taught through the power of the Spirit. And it's my intimacy. Read your Bible, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day. Yes, those devotions are critical, but I also, we need to open our lives to that dialogue with God the Spirit and ensure that we are a people that live in intimacy and closeness because do not do this out of religion. It's not about beating our bodies. It's not about condemnation. It's a beautiful progress as the great surgeon of the Holy Spirit comes and operates on each one of our lives. Let the surgeon do the work. Let the Spirit's surgeon work within our hearts. Thirdly, it's, it's aimed towards bringing you life, not death. So it's relentless, it's by the Spirit, and it's about bringing true life and freedom to you. And thirdly, it's about being courageous. People who are willing to take verse 13 seriously and to live according to this doctrine and to start the process of putting to death things through forgiveness through confession, through deliverance, through inner healing, through our walk with Christ, through what we call theologically sanctification, that I know that I am this wild Irishman here, but one day I will become this person. I know that I'm pinned under a log here, but I need to cut this off so I can live fully. I am willing to do that, Lord Jesus. 
I'm willing to do it. And this is what our church is about. It's about salvation that radically changes lives. I love it. And so we're reminded, aren't we, that we've got to watch ourselves. That our hearts don't become dull. That we're not given over to drunkenness and the worries of life. And that the enemy doesn't catch us unaware. Because we understand this ancient verse. We understand the truth of it. What Christ can do.